in. NFR Extra is a weekly podcast that focuses on the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo and features icons that embody the rodeo and Western lifestyle. And now here are your hosts, Nevada Caldwell and Rockin' Robbie Hodges. Here it is, NFR Extra, episode 46. Keeping things rolling through the quarantine, you know, trying to uh, keep people informed, bringing on great guests, see what they're doing in this, this um, the, the downtime, the hiatus, whatever you want to call it. And um, this, this episode is no different. Uh, we're joined with four-time Wrangler NFR qualifier, barrel racer, Stevie Hillman. You know, she, there was a lot of good things she touched on, Robbie. Thank you, Brylin, for bringing her on this show. And she was a special gal. I, one thing I learned about her is she's worked her way up from the bottom to the top. I mean, she hasn't won, you know, no gold buckles or anything like that. But at the end of the day, she for sure has worked her way up, Robbie. I mean, you, you were in on that conversation. Yeah. Brylin, you do a good job with these guests. And she was, she was especially a good one because... I mean, it was interesting hearing about how she has two horses, you know, and, and which one she uses where. And she was actually telling us a little bit. I don't want to give everything away, but she was telling us how, you know, she didn't use the one that she would have ordinarily thought that she would use at the national finals. But uh turned out pretty good for her. You know, they ran that record time. And um, and then, of course, what she used at the American, we caught her right off the American win. You know, that was a great time to have that money. And uh Man, she was cool, and I loved how she was talking about how it was weird, the angle of the arena there running in crossways at, at, at the big arena and with that big shark cage in the middle of it. So uh, I think you guys will enjoy this interview with her and all the girls. I know they will. Yeah, well, and two, I mean, one of the things she touched on, I mean, you know, understanding that rodeo is intimidating, right, and getting into it. And if you're not bred and raised in it like you two, um, you know, you know, it's just, you're not, it, it's not that easy just to jump into it like many other sports or lifestyles. And she touches on that too, that how important it was and how the love of horses and kind of the Western lifestyle. And well, I mean, obviously four times she made it that far, she's doing something right. And then, oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, and then obviously, you know, we're joined with Wrangler NFR qualifier, ambidextrous bull rider, Trevor Rice. Brian, where, where did you find this guy at? So I was actually attending the San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo right before the Green Bulls. He was getting ready, and Susan's like, hey, we got to go uh, catch up with this guy named Trevor. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she says, well, I'm going to do a Rodeo Inc. segment with him. But the crazy thing is he's got to switch ropes tonight. And so when we got in there and we're taking some photos, he tells us about how he is switching ropes because depending on which way the bull bucks, left or right, he switches hands. Well, and Susan Canode, our ever, you know, our sleuth of finding like just great stories with her Rodeo Inc. for the NFR Insider, uh, there's no different. And then, uh, I mean, Robbie, you, you love bulls and you're around that stuff a lot from the PBR yeah. from anything else. It's pretty interesting talking to him, right? I know. The only thing I could think of was me going to switch barrels sometimes, and there's no way I would do it. There's no way. That's the only person in rodeo that I've heard of in the last 20 years that's done something like this, and you're really going to love that interview with him. And Golly, that's a tough way to do, but, man, anybody can ride them with either hand. That is amazing. And uh, yeah. you guys take a listen. I really think you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, well, and the thing, too, is that you know you got to pay bills, and obviously this is an accident how he figured out how to ride both hands. 
Um, but yeah, you're right, Robbie. It's a good story. And I uh, hope you enjoy. Up next, Rodeo News of the Week with Brylon Bentley. This is Brightlands Bull, the Rodeo News of the Week. PRCA Stat of the Week, 11, the number of times a cowboy won two events in one night since the inception of the National Finals Rodeo in 1959. The last time it happened was in round eight of 2014 NFR, when Trevor Brazil won team roping with healing partner Travis Grays and shared the tie-down roping win with Matt Shizawa. Calgary Stampede cancels for 2020 due to COVID-19 after 108 years consecutive. Cody Snow will head for Junior Nagara for what remains of the 2020 Pro Rodeo season. Pro Rodeo targeting Memorial Day weekend for rodeo competition to start back up. Every December during the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo, thousands of rodeo fans call Las Vegas home. Families and friends gather to strengthen bonds and celebrate our Western heritage. But we'll do it only when it's safe for you, our fans and contestants, because that's all that matters. We know you can't travel right now or be around others, but when it's time, we'll be ready. This is the NFR. This is Vegas. Hi, I'm Sherry Servey, and this is NFR Extra. <laughs> Robbie Hodges. All right. Oh, man, what a great day. How you feeling, my man? I'm feeling good. I'm holed up here at the old Kickback Ranch, and um, we get to talk to some really cool people today, and we get one more here, don't we? This is going to be good. Yeah, we do. I, <laughs> I mean, know my daughter's proud. Yeah, this is, you know, and, and we need to do more of this, you know, I mean, I'm, we've had, mm-hmm. we haven't had as many barrel racers on the show and we need to have a lot more. I'm surprised we haven't got yelled at by somebody <laughs> that we need to do it, but Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we have four time NFR qualifier, Stevie Hillman. Welcome to NFR Extra, Stevie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, thank you, you for coming bet, on. Stevie. It's good to hear from you. Heck Yeah. Uh, where are you right now, Stevie? I know you probably held up somewhere. Where are you? I'm home. That's weird to say this time of the year, but I'm home. <laughs> just got off are a couple you? horses and just hanging out. Yep. Right. Everything in the yard getting ridden right now, isn't it? Overtime. Uh, yes, yes. Our three-year-olds are actually catching up. You know, they've been behind every year, and we've got a, a bunch of them this year, so uh, more than normal for us anyways. So we're actually enjoying the time at home and um, enjoying the time on our babies. So, uh, Oh, that is great. Good for you. Um, tell us a little bit about where were you when, when the shutdown came and, and everything. You know, what, what was the last rodeo, obviously, that you went to? Oh, so that's kind of a, a sad moment because we were, you know, we had just won the American and then we were headed down to Houston with my horse feeling really good. So we got oh. shut down uh, probably a day or two before Houston. Mm. A lot of people oh, had that yeah. happen. There was a lot going yeah. on. Yeah. Were you running were you running truck then or Sharpie? Which one did you were you taking to Houston? Well, since Truck did so good and he likes Houston, we were gonna start out on him and, and Sharpie was gonna go as backup, you know. If you do really well yeah. at Houston it's a lot of runs in one pin. So it was gonna be both of them. So mm. I gotcha. That's cool. That's cool. I did um so you you didn't get to even run there, you just had to turn around and go home, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we were about to leave, so thankfully we didn't head that way, but 
um, a couple days before we, we got shut down. So. Oh, heck. So that American thing, that really helped this time of year when there's nothing to go to. You're very lucky oh, there. <laughs> that was a, a yes. major blessing from God, um, especially with the timing and just the timing in our life in general. And then on top of what's going on mm-hmm. in the world, it was definitely a blessing. It, it was. So tell me about that. I, I've got to know this because a lot of my barrel racing, having a daughter, she's how was it running that angle in that giant arena <laughs> with that big old shark cage out there in the middle of it? That's the biggest thing I noticed in the barrel racing. Everybody <laughs> looks at the shark cage. Yes. And I will tell you, so it was interesting during practice because my horse got down on his belly and started suking at it. So I had to lope around that shark tank there for several minutes in practice. Oh, man. <laughs> Something, oh, something yeah. they were going to get them, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that was a big booger for term practice. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, um, Nevada and I were talking at the beginning of this. You know, we do. We love to hear barrel racing stories because we have so many fans that are barrel racers on, on our show. And um, the uh, – it's it, of course, the bull riding is the, the favorite of everybody. But sure. it's so funny, to, you know, to see the the, the – the way the barrel racing, it's a very, very close second. I don't care where you go in the rodeo world, everybody loves the barrel racing, and, and you are the most known. When we do the autograph sessions in Vegas, it's the longest line of anybody. You know how that is. <laughs> you know, when I host that, we have to cut it off. You know, what's that like when you get to Vegas, let's say, you know, and, and trying to have you time with it all going on there? Sure. That, you know, that's tough. It is really hard. I just you know, being there four times, I've learned there is no you time. Um, I take just a few minutes after autograph sessions before I go to the rodeo for myself just to breathe and regroup my thoughts and my focus. But for the most part, you know, we're there for the fans. We're there for that event specifically. And and I, I've learned to love being tired and just taking it all in. You know, it's exhausting and you yeah. can start kind of just wearing yourself out, but um, it's going to be that way, and I just expect it. So I just try to remember that we're there for the fans, and it's it's so cool to see those lines like that, and just it makes my heart so happy. So I, I guess I would say that keeps me going, honestly. Right. I, I got a question. So, you know, you've made it four times the NFR. How how was – because it looks like there's a progression going on, right? In, in, in great athletes, you you don't – Rarely do you come out and just hit home runs and then all of a sudden you're a super stud, right? That, that, you know, those come every one, 20 years, something like that in any sport. Um, how has it been? Cause as I'm looking at kind of your, your kind of this, this, uh, pacing each year, you've gotten better. How, what have you done to keep, what do you do? I guess throughout the season, preseason, every season, every year, what have you done to get better and better? Is there, there's certain things that you do, um, practice wise, what, what are the mm-hmm. things you do to get better? Um, you know, that's, that's, I think every year I've just realized how to fine tune and the constant for me has been truck, my, my main horse, he's been there for me and he's been, you know, familiar for me and I know him and I know I can win on him. And so the most important thing to me was from the first year to now was getting to know him better and better every year and how I can keep him happier and healthier every year. And that's been my goal is to just keep him happy and healthy because I know if he is, then we're going to win and we're going to do good. 
Um, but on top of that, it's the team. You know, it's not just about me. It's mostly about my horse, but um, it takes a team. It takes an entire support system from family, friends, to sponsors to keep this thing going. And I have to say I have the most incredible team behind me. And, and I, you know, there's been times, you know, you know, doing anything in life, you get to a point where you wonder, you know, why am I doing this? And you get in a down slump and, you know, they're, they're there to keep you going and push forward and, and keep your focus on what you have control over. And I would say that's probably the main thing is that my husband taught me is focus on what I have control over. I have control over my attitude and my preparation. So I've learned that over the years to stay focused on that. Well, that makes sense. That's cool. Sounds like yeah. a good coach. <laughs> I do have a good coach. You bet. So you got truck and Sharpie. What... I know it's Sharpie this year. You ran the fastest time at the NFR. You had the, right? Was it Sharpie you had it on? And yes, it, yes. More of a small pin. I mean, do you, do you change them on that? Obviously you do, but like you, you just mentioned, of course, that giant pin at the American and then Houston. Tell us about where, where's that dividing line of where you're going to use Sharp instead of truck? Sure. And I, you know, one thing that's hindered me in my, um, career is I have not yet had a little pin horse. Um, I've got horses that kill it outside in the big pins. You know, Sharpie and Truck both can run, and they like the wide open spaces. And so I get so excited when summer comes around and we can get outside. But um, I've oh, honestly yeah. not had a pin horse yet. So for me, mentally, it's been a struggle just to get around the barrels in the little buildings. Uh, so for that fast mm-hmm. time this last year was so special. The horse means a lot to me and just really, I've always wanted a fast time EFR. I've always wanted it. And so it couldn't have come. There you go. Time. Yeah. No, that is, that is awesome. And, and, and that is neat. So let's have a scenario here. Say you're going to Pendleton. Um, which one do you like there? I mean, which, which one are you any, many, many, many or do you have a, no, I'm taking you here. I'm going to Pendleton. I need, which one would you pick? You know, and that, that's a good thing too. I've learned um, from my first year to now is to run the horses where they, you know, where they like to run and where they, they're fit. I've just learned. So mm. has not gone to the NFR the past few years. And it's been the, one of the hardest decisions I've made was not having my main guy with me, but he doesn't like the little pin. He doesn't like it there. So, I just really try not to put them in those situations anymore. So for Pendleton specifically, um, I would pick something that loves to run, obviously, that I can keep yeah. turning. So I ran there once. I won it. I think I've had my fun at Pendleton. So. I <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, that's a fun place. So, so you do. You like the bigger pins. You like the big Kansas and Oklahoma arenas and stuff, where they're, you know, the 18 second patterns and stuff like that. That that's. That's a lot of wear and tear on one all season, too. You know, I mean, you try to swap, but it is good that time of year, obviously. Tell us about that. I mean, how many runs in a row or how many, you know, when you try to stretch them out? To, you know, yeah, feel good? Um, you know, keeping one of the hardest things in, in rodeoing and barrel racing is keeping your horse sound. And, you know, you just said that it's hard ground, it's big runs, it's, you know, every day, sometimes twice a day over you know, the 4th of July where we're running these horses. And I try, you know, I've been so blessed to have more than one horse the past four years. Um, a lot of, some people only have one main horse and I've 
been able to spread it out to where I can run, you know, some in this rig or this pin. And I try not to run them too many times, you know, unless we have to, and just make sure I'm paying attention to my horse and are they healthy? Are they, are they mentally doing okay? And, um, paying attention to my horse. That's most important out there. I got you. I see that, um, that, you know, it is. And, and, and the haul and people don't realize, you know, it ain't that running and turning. It's that diesel smoke in them and, it, and how hard that um, is. I know Yeah, it's so rough on the traveling anymore and, and the stuff. How many rodeos a year? I mean, what, what is your, what is your goal of rodeos? I know if you're behind a little or you're having some trouble, you got to add to it, but what's a comfortable number of rodeos that you can take them to badass horses to? <laughs> Oh gosh. Uh, well, I've pushed my limits every year. I think I've gone to about a, oh, this last year, maybe 70 something for me. And that wasn't, you know, that was like, that was the least amount of rodeos I had been to. I usually go to a hundred rodeos a year. And I think it, you know, mainly is because I hadn't had a winter rodeo horse. And so I'd have to kind of get going in the summer and make my runs count but um and I go to a lot of rodeos too seasoning horses so when you see the number count you know it's not always one horse especially for me it's a right. seasoning a four or five year old at a couple small rodeos and you know over the summer I'm hauling two rigs so um that number usually isn't just on one horse <laughs> right who's helping you drive who's taking the other rig with you I mean is it is your husband or do you have somebody driving for you so I couldn't do it without my husband. Ty, of course, does um, everything. He's jumped in this full force with me, and he's been driving. And, um, gosh, he helps me do everything. I just can't thank him enough. But I've I've been really blessed the last few years to um, split rigs with really good friends. You know, Kelly Collier is one of them. We, we got along. We, you know, went to the same rodeos and split costs, and it worked out really, really well. So, if you can get along with somebody and, um, you know, travel well together and have the same end goal in sight, then it's totally worth it. So we try to do that when we can. It's not always an option, though. I got you. That's, that's interesting that, you know, and it's so nice to have somebody behind you. Everybody, they don't realize, like you said, the team and the family. And Nevada is so neat on here to hear the people talk about, you know, it's never in the rodeo world. It's never I, 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 me, me, me. It's always my dad showed me this. We talked to J.W. Harris today and Casey Fields, yeah. Blue Jeans, and they all attribute everything to their parents. My parents supported me. My dad, he helped me get on bulls. My mom helped me with barrel racing. You know, every one of you girls is the same way, and my husband drives for me, you know. And yeah. and sometimes in a man's you know, it, it's sometimes hard to be in – not in the spotlight. Be the the Dewey, off you know Loretta Lynn Dewey, and do you know Doolittle, and 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 it takes a special husband to be that. And you are very lucky. It sounds like to have somebody to take care of you. Yeah. I am very lucky. He even rides in my barrel saddle and takes me down the alley. I mean, he is very confident in who he is. So yes, I am very lucky to have that guy that you know, that as I do. And I will tell you. He doesn't get enough credit. He uh, He's just as good a team roper as I am, barrel racer, and he should be out there doing this too. But um, he enjoys what he's doing. And so I'm very blessed to have him. Stevie, yeah, I, I got a question. Got camera in hand. So what are you doing? This is, a lot, this is one of the big questions we ask everybody right now. So what are you, what are you doing to keep, you know, keep your head up, keep your body going, uh, knowing that this thing could be – Three weeks, a month, two months. Who? I mean, who knows? 
What are you doing right now to keep yourself kind of busy? What are the things you got going on? You know, um, just keeping my board. I'm trying to keep my horses in shape, you know, keep riding them without just, uh, they're bored, you know, but make it fun. Keep them in shape to where when, when our name's called, we're ready to go. You know, I think we can take advantage of this downtime. You know, if you think of the positives and what you can do to better yourself, then you stay away from the negatives of just being at home. But, uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed being still and just, but re- uh-huh. redirecting my focus, you know, and kind of mentally getting stronger, keeping my horse in shape, and I should have uh, no excuse. I should be in shape myself. So there's a lot to do at home. You know what this reminds me of, and I, I, I don't know why I'm bringing up NFL football here talking about bell racing, but what what it, what it reminds me of is when the um, uh, f- the 49ers and the uh, Baltimore Ravens were playing in the Super Bowl, and there was that blackout, right? And I want to say at that time, the Niners were rolling. And then that blackout went yeah. and everybody had to chill, right? Like it just everybody had to chill. And then yeah. they get everything back up. And then Baltimore just came stomping. I wonder if that's going to happen right yeah. now. As you look at a lot of, you know, for where you're at, Stevie, and other individuals. And then we look at the other events. Oh, yeah. You know? I, I totally agree with you. And I, I've talked to a couple people about this that, you know, there's going to be some not just barrel horses, but I say this, but barrel horses that have had some time off and some recouping that this, this could be some fun watching when we get to get back at it. Mm, good point. Yeah. yeah I, I, think about I that. sure agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think about, I mean, I know in, and we, Nevada and I haven't really did off into this, but I know there's a lot of stuff and talking to some people around at the office and stuff about, you know, changing the rodeo count. This is an anomaly year. We're going to have to do some different things, you know, and, and, you know, what, what is your, it's going to be hard to get to that. What are y'all limited at a hundred or 75 rodeos? How many, what is your limit yeah. on this WPRA? Well, we can so. go to a hundred rodeos for sure, but right. you know, it's going to be, it's going to be so different. Everything's going to change. You know, with some of these rodeos postponing, what's the schedule going to look like? And um, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting. But with, with Rodeo Hunt's challenge, so it's really nothing new. So here we go. Right. Yeah. And I think this asterisk here, you're going to see a great NFR this year is what you're going to see because there's going to be a yeah. lot more races, I feel like. And maybe, Nevada, if you do too, do you think it's going to be an absolute at the NFR year? to win the world you know you know i i can't you just think of anything that like i don't kind of look at this is it like when you just yourself get sick right and you've been kind of down and out and you're watching Mm -hmm. everybody do things and then all of a sudden you start feeling better and then you get back to 100 percent, and then you want to go yep i just think like the whole human beings on this planet are going to be like that so i can it's hard to fathom what the nfr is going to be like but after the one we just had in 19 this could be one of the crazier ones we've ever had because um, yeah. people could show up that, you know, to the point of the lights out all of a sudden something clicked during this time and they come back on the other end and they just roll right on through December. I mean, you create a lot of momentum is really, I think I, what we're going to see is this momentum swing for people like Stevie and others. Yep. I think we'll have a lot of people at Pasadena this year or somewhere. There's going to be a lot of those later on rodeos. I almost wish they would consider maybe um, going another month in the year. You know, that's been that's been talked about. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good point. You know, and, and let it go to instead of September 
29th or 30th, it let it go to, you know, October 31st, maybe, or, mm-hmm. you know, November 1st. And, but, but of course we don't know how long this is going to be. <laughs> That's one thing. So. Right. Not at all. You bet. So you got a good crop of three-year-olds. You've been riding, I guess. So you're you're pretty happy there at the old house, and you got stuff to do. Imagine the horses are getting ridden. <laughs> I, I'm enjoying it. You know, you said talked about being sick and then getting back at it. We've I've had a bad infection, and so I have been down pretty good. So I'm feeling mm. better, and I've been there riding my horses and getting back in shape. And you know, I'm enjoying it. I'm ready for the rodeos to start again, and we're ready to roll. But I, I really am enjoying this downtime and taking advantage of listening to some other podcasts and just really, truly um, growing and learning a little more. Nice. So. Well, I hope you're listening to the NFR Extra now. <laughs> but, you know, this has been this has been a a joy for us to get to talk to people like you and everybody. You know, one thing I see, and, and Nevada will tell you this, and, and it's an attribute to the cowboy, is not one person we've talked to has said, oh, my life's over now. This is ruined. You know, everybody's making yeah. the best of a bad situation. And don't you agree, Nevada? Oh, the, every, you know, you'd say that uh, I heard that word pivot, right? I think everybody's pivoting right now. Um, it's kind of a mm-hmm. kind of a business term, right? Uh, slang word, but... Yeah, I think everyone's pivoting and and smartly and, and like so it's almost like survival, you know. So you, you got to do something. And if rodeo, pay, you know, ro- yeah, if rodeo pays the bills, man, you can't just chill right now. You know, this is you got to <laughs> athletes can never chill if yeah. you want to keep making uh, those big checks. Right now, we're gonna have to deal with Stevie and them three year olds because she's riding. Like crap. <laughs> <laughs> They'll all be ready to go. I, you're gonna be. I might have you're gonna be five horses, horses deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. great. Good for you, Stevie. I want to go back to your first. Um, I want to go back to your first NFR. How was it the mm-hmm. first night? Let's go to Thursday night, and you're getting ready to come out. What's going through your head, knowing what you've seen, knowing what you've experienced, but now you're part of that experience. What's going through your head before? You're getting ready to come out of that tunnel. I can remember that li- that night like it was yesterday. It's cool to think about because, you know, I'd always wanted to go to the NFR, and I always watched tapes and kind of thought what it would be like. Well, I did get a chance to go in 2012 when one of my horses was there. Um, so I kind of got some behind the scenes, and it lit a fire even deeper. But that first night of my first NFR, I just – there were zero nerves. I was just so incredibly thankful and excited to be standing in that alley that I just have no other words than I was just so overwhelmed with just excitement and thankfulness. So my first mm-hmm. NFR was just really exciting to me. You know, thankful, took it all in, enjoyed it, won a little money, my horses worked good, and, and it was a great first NFR. Did it open up a lot more relationships on the business side? Like, did you start, because, you know, we're bringing this up quite a bit, and Bob Tallman talks about life-changing, uh, making the NFR. Mm-hmm. How did the business side for you start to work after that first NFR? Uh, you know, it, it definitely opened a lot of doors for me um, with businesses and relationships with uh, other sponsors. And, you know, it, it's cool also to see my sponsors that, had started out with me before that, that just really supported me and no matter how good I did. So it was just a great experience overall for me and to really, I don't know, the career was, you know, going, but that feel that to just 
keep pushing me. It was just really exciting. It was a great. Yeah, and then you were just consistent after that. I mean, yeah, showing up. So I am I reading this right? Now you did you not necessarily grow up in a rodeo family, but yet you were in love with horses, racing. Like, is that true? Right. That's true. I did not grow up in a rodeo family. I um, actually was raised there right across the road from my grandparents, and they had a farm. They had cattle and alfalfa, and, you know, my, my mom and dad split when I was young, and but they always kept horses around for, we always had horses, gather cattle to ranch on. This is in Colorado, um, right? They took us to play day, but, this, yeah, in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And so I just wanted to be on my horse all the time. I just, you know, my grandparents and my dad had to come find me late at night on my horse, just riding around. So I guess I just never really, (laughs) the love for the horse just grew. And I wanted to, I knew nothing about rodeo. I'd watched tapes. Um, Rachel and Judy Milimeki is who I really wore that tape out kind of. So, you know, um, my stepdad, when I got a little older, my stepdad, Dave, he trained, um, and showed horses. So that's really kind of where my foundation of training, my passion for training grew right there. He, he took the time and spent, you know, so much time in the round pen and just foundation stuff. So I owe a lot of that to him. And then from there, I just, you know, I rode with cutters and rainers and polo players and really learned a lot. Man, that's cool. That's interesting. Hey, I got to ask, are you, um, so you're in Weatherford now, just outside there, right? Is that where you're? What Texas? Uh huh. Weatherford, Texas. Yep. Yeah. Are y'all like? Because every cowboy that Nevada and I know are either in Stevensville, dang near everybody's either in Weatherford. Yeah. Are you networking <laughs> your friends? I mean, do you wave at them when you drive by? I know there's, you know, what they call it, social separation. But how is it going? Yeah. I mean, Weatherford's a sad town right now, and you know. So. Yeah, I, I think so. Are they coping? I mean, is everybody from Weatherford? I, I mean, 90% of the people we talk to is either Stephenville or Weatherford now, you know? I bet it's a weird town with everybody, trucks and trailers parked in the yard. So. Exactly. You know, my mom made a joke the other night. She said, I always am missing you right about now. So she's been over here about every day hanging out with me, enjoying the time being home. So, um, you know, I think yeah, taking advantage of it anyways. Well, nothing might be happier than to wave at you at the rodeo somewhere. Good Lord. I'll never <laughs> complain about another little guy's rodeo. You know, I think we're learning yeah. what we don't need and what we don't need to complain about now. Because exactly. I don't think any of them will give me. I know. I love you. It, Long time. It kind of reminds me of, and not exactly, but September 11th. And I'm, what I'm saying is like after September 11th, right? Like September 12th. And... You know, just how every, I don't know how you guys were, but everywhere I went, you know, people were opening up doors for you, saying thank you, like manners, like all of a sudden manners had just exploded everywhere. Um, and we appreciated each other and it, it has that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I just, I, that's, that's what it reminds me of. And we're still in it. I mean, we're not nowhere near. Anything out of this. Right. If if we don't get anything out of this whole deal, hopefully it's going to be that. It's going to be, hey, you know what? I appreciate my friends down the street. I appreciate, you know, and and we're learning about things we thought we needed that we really don't right now. And, exactly. you know, if, if you can say anything good about this, which I don't know what you can other than hopefully that's what's going to come out of it is, 
there's a little tranquility in yeah. people and, and being nice again. And it's a rodeo world like that, you know. I hope other people take note of the way, the way y'all are, and, and we all are, hopefully, Nevada included, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, you know, that's something that'll grow out of this. It's going to be like climbing out of a storm cellar after a tornado, isn't it? Now, you never yeah. been through that, but man, <laughs> growing up in the desert. <laughs> you ain't never been to no. Shamrock, Texas. <laughs> no, hey, let, let me add something. It's funny you bring that up, Rob, because one of the things I've read about this, yeah. right? Like when people are going to grocery stores and specifically on the West Coast, they're like, the West Coasters don't even know, you know, because if you grow up down there in the storm country, when hurricanes are coming, this is what you do. You go and get your crap and you get locked in and you disappear. Um, same thing. It sounds like for yeah. tornadoes, you know, you got to be ready that this is coming and it's going to tear up everything. Yeah. I don't know what that's like. Yep. Just, just 120 degree here in Vegas. That's usually what we got to deal with. Lucky you. The yeah, times yeah, are changing. Yeah. Hey, real quick, Stevie. Thunderstorm to wash all this down. Yeah. That'd be nice. Stevie, what, uh, you know, before we get, get off this, uh, conversation here with you, what, what would you be doing if you weren't a, a professional uh, rodeo athlete, barrel racing. What would you be doing? Well, um, I do have a job at the hospital as a, a X-ray tech. I'm a radiologic oh, technician. Cool. So I do oh. have that degree. I'm not really wanting to be in the hospital right at this moment. No. Um, with going on, but I do have some amazing coworkers and boss there that um, I do love the healthcare field. I have a passion for it. Um, but my passion is bigger, you know, with the horses and training and rodeo. So while I can do it, I do. And, uh, I think just training and helping people, I'm able to spend a little more time with some girls locally that have begged me, you know, to spend time with them. So I'm truly enjoying this time and, um, giving back to others that I, you know, we're busy all the time and that's an excuse. We, we need to slow down and make time. Yeah. No doubt about it. Hey, I got a kind of question for both of you. Both of you guys have been in rodeo forever and mm-hmm. what, I, you know, when you, I think of team roping and I think of barrel racing, cause, and then first name that comes to mind is Mary Berger, man, it seems like you guys can, you know, for your side, Steve, you guys, if you take good care of yourself and you, you, you make sure that, you know, you're, you're getting good horses and a good system coming in, you could do this for quite a while, right? Yeah, you can for sure. And and that's, you know, I've been asked the question a lot. How long are you going to do this? How long are you going to rodeo? We love rodeo. We love traveling. Uh, we don't have kids. We feel like this is the platform God has us on right now. And, you know, I don't know how long we're going to do it. But, um, you know, I do know we have other things. We have a little sped horse that we're, you know, he's three this year. And we're going that route. And, um trying to raise some of our own here. And and there's some other things we want to do in life as well. But, you know, there's nothing like the family of rodeo and the people and the the journey it takes you on. So we're in it. Yeah. Well, you better believe it. Hey, Stevie, this was good. I really thank you for coming on. Yeah. Uh, Again, we weren't, you know, Robbie and be honest. We were like, neither one of us knows Stevie. How's this going to go? Um, <laughs> I mean, I see her and I wave every once in a while. You know, I mean, I do that. But she is something. I can't wait to be standing on my patio with my RV. You know, I'm the one that's got the big RV with a patio on the side. Everybody's cooking on. I can't wait to just wave at some friends at the rodeo. I'll be the happiest yeah. guy. And I know you will be too. So, I'll um, be happy to but, set up camp rodeo for sure. I know. Golly, you ain't kidding. Will you please take care of yourself and, yeah. um, we're praying for everybody, and, and uh, we're going to get out okay. of this. And 
and we're going to rodeo. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show, Stevie. Yeah, we'll see you guys soon, hopefully. All right, good luck and uh, stay healthy. All right. Okay, thank you. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Boyd Paul Hamus, and you're listening to NFR Extra. To celebrate the 35th anniversary of the National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas, LVE and PRCA present the top 35 most memorable moments. World champion barrel racer Mary Walker has experienced life's highest highs and lowest lows. In April of 2000, Mary and her 1981 world champion steer wrestling husband Byron lost their only child, up-and-coming rodeo star Reagan Walker, in a tragic road accident. A month later, Fade stepped in when the Walkers bought a bay horse named Percolatin'. They called him Latte for short, and he was just what the doctor ordered. In the early goings of their partnership, Mary and Latte had a serious wreck that resulted in Mary suffering injuries that took months to recover from. But the comeback was magic. Mary and Latte qualified for her first NFR in 2012, and they caught fire, winning rounds one, two, three, and seven, and placed in four more rounds. They cashed checks in eight out of 10 rounds, setting a then NFR barrel racing earnings record and also finishing second in the average. With Byron cheering them on every step of the way from the stands, Mary and the 2012 Barrel Racing Horse of the Year Latte came from behind to win that year's world title and Ram Top Gun Award. It's just her time right now. There it is, a world champion. What a story. Mary was inducted into the National Cowgirl Museum and Hall of Fame in 2013. Rodeo is about discipline, sacrifice, and perseverance. Every one of us doing their best to strive for excellence. Rodeo makes us resilient. It's our engine. And you've played a big part in that. You've empowered us, supported us, and allowed us to dream. In these incredible times, we are also reminded of the power of our communities. Looking out for one another and caring for those in need. Brighter days are ahead, and we look forward to spending our time with you. In the meantime, we'll spend our time hashtag alone together. And when the time comes, we'll be ready. And once again, we'll celebrate all the things that make us a community. We We are our rodeo. champion barrel racer and this is nfr extra what up robbie hodges i know you're from far away we're typically in the uh studio but we're getting this done however we got to do it around this virus how you doing rob right i am man you know i'm great i uh i've driven to about four different rodeos in the last three weeks and every one of when i got there got canceled i'm like everybody else in this rodeo industry you know and and this is just part of life you know this is one more struggle in this world and and we're going to get through it and uh yeah. hopefully like you said we're going to 
we're going to get through this and we're going to give y'all something while you are hunkered down and yeah. sheltered in place. I'm actually on a ranch in Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, I'm going to do a little fishing while I'm waiting nice. before I go to work. And, uh, and that's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what the people say, you know, I, I trust them. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to be quiet for a few days and hang out here. I know that sounds good. Well, obviously what we do here is we bring on special guests and, this guy, no, there's some special things, cool things about this guy that, that I've read that I think is pretty interesting. But we are joined by Trevor <laughs> Trevor Rice, a bull rider, professional bull rider. Welcome to the show, Trevor. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, I, thank you for um, coming on, man. I mean, this is, you know, as, as Robbie alluded to, obviously there's a lot of real-time stuff going on right now, and it's impacting not just the rodeo business or just us three individuals talking here. The whole world, right? And you know, we we get people that we gotta want to give something to listen to, you know. And let's let's get people to know you, Trevor. Right? You're a young guy. You're born in the '90s, right? I just love that. You're you're a young dude. And what I think is interesting right away is let's just dive into this. You ride with both hands, right? You're a bull rider that rides with both hands. How? First of all, when did you start doing that? I mean, when did you realize that you? At what age did you start doing that? But how did it make you unique? Uh, compared to the other bull riders uh yeah um so in 2018 i dislocated my right elbow in gooding idaho in august and so i went home and uh i was like i need to at least get my circuit count to finish the season out and uh i didn't have a shot at making the finals at that time so i uh i went home and i practiced left-handed for two weeks and then uh finished going the circuit rodeos left-handed and finished the season left-handed and it worked out really good for me holy crap wow. so never before you did that uh i rode a couple calves when i was like eight left-handed <laughs> holy crap that that's crazy i couldn't ride with both hands in my left foot <laughs> but what's funny, Robbie, is I thought it was going to be some sort of story that, you know, yeah, I've been doing this since I was, you know, umpteen years old, just something I tried, but you did it with your back against the wall. Like you had to, I mean, I the, the, yeah, pretty much. Yep. And so last year I was like, uh, uh I'll just switch back and forth, uh, see which way they turn back and then I'll go with that hand. Wow. Now does it feel any, I mean, the, talent. Yeah, it is. It, not only that, I mean, it, does it, does this give you an advantage? Like, cause when I think of, um, uh, switch hitters, right. in baseball, you know, they, they get called up to the plate because all of a sudden, you know, let's just say a guy, this guy hits right. And this guy pitches left or whatever the advantages is. Do you, are you going to, have you maybe started to look at how you can implement that when you do ride a bull that maybe tucks right a lot, tucks left. I mean, just where it advantages for the left or the right arm. I mean, do you think about that now? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Um, I try not to overthink things because then you run into problems. But uh, if they uh, some bulls are like around the left, they can be pretty quick right there. And if you don't catch the corner right, then uh, they've just got you beat. And so there there are uh, advantages, but um, you know you got to ride them no matter what they do. So. Uh, don't overcomplicate things and just go at it. Oh, no, don't overcomplicate things by switching hands. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're my hero. 
We're seeing advantage on right or left, you know, even. And uh, if you had to have a choice, which one would you prefer? I mean, if you're getting on, you know, Bruiser or if you're doing that, which, which hand would you say, hey, this is my go-to? This is great. Uh, my right hand. Definitely my would right it, hand. I got you. Okay. Yeah. I, I figured there was one, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I've been riding I'm very impressed. the longest, so I'm the most comfortable there. But, uh, like, oh, last summer I had one that was supposed to be right in the gate to the left, and I went left-handed on him. And uh, away from my hand left-handed, I'm not so good. <laughs> so uh, this bull comes out backwards and is around to the right, and mm-hmm. I bucked off at, like, 7-8 on him. And I'm pretty sure the only reason I did was because I was surprised I rode him that far away from my hand left-handed. Exactly. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm going to call Tom Glass, and we're going to get a rule. If you start one left-handed and you're having trouble, I think you should be able to swap during in, right in the middle of the ride. Yeah, just do the old pack ring trick when you throw the rain o- over their neck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think, yeah, we're going to call it the Trevor rule. And, uh, <laughs> All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Now that's a good question, though, Rob. Have you ever have you ever gotten the chance to ride Bruiser? I haven't. Um, uh, just never. My name never matched up to his. So yeah, he, I'm I'm not sure you wouldn't do good. That'd be golly. Oh, that's fascinating. So, uh, I think it'd be fun. So Talk a little bit about the beginning. You know, your your winter here. Um, everybody started out with a bang, and and you know everything's kind of. Had the brakes put on it, but uh, where were you last? I mean, or where? Give us a little bit of insight about where you were and, and kind of what what is in, you know transpired in the last couple weeks. Yeah, you know, what your plans were and, and what you've done. Um, I was in. Uh, let's see, I went San Antonio to uh, the American Semi Qualifiers, uh, and then I went down to Houston and. Um, uh, made a little bit of money in San Antonio. Um, rode one of my bulls in uh, at the semi qualifier, and then um, made a little money in Houston. And then I was entered up in Austin, and uh, um, trying to think where all I was supposed to be entered. Uh, had some Texas radios to go to, and I came home for a week, and then. I was just about to leave yesterday to go to Mercedes, Texas, and uh, I got a phone call, and they canceled it right before I pulled out of the driveway. Oh, man. Sounds familiar, doesn't it, Nevada? Yeah, no, that's, I mean, you know, Trevor, I'm here in Vegas, man, and, you know, (laughs) same goes for everywhere else, right? I mean, we're we're dealing with it. You know, I... Yeah. So, you're an Iowa guy, you know, and, and, and from what I know, for the champions that we've gotten to deal with the past couple of years, you got some guys up there that, um, well, Timmy O'Connell, right? Oh yeah. Now, do do you do you guys in in Mister Sundale? Forgot to mention that. Do, now, oh, do yeah. you guys do you guys run into each other? Because I know there's some kind of some one off rodeos right up in that area. Like, did you? I mean, these guys are a little bit older than you. Oh, Timmy's not, but I mean. Do you guys know each other? I mean, you guys get to hang. I mean, is there like, is there some sort of Iowa clan that you guys get together with? And you know, is it, do you guys have a little camaraderie? Uh, yeah, I see those guys around. Um, 
sometimes we end up entered at the same rodeos and it seems like we see each other every day for a week and then uh won't see each other for a little while but um yeah i help uh those guys out uh, i'll pull tim's rigging uh whenever we're at the same rodeo and uh wade with his saddle and um whenever we're at the same rodeo and me and wade actually um we started riding at the same place at the same youth rodeo when we were kids Nice. And um, we've known each other for a long time. That's cool. Yeah, you know, a lot of people don't realize he was a great bull rider. I mean, I knew Wade when he was a bull rider. We used to go to West Bend and all those rodeos up there, you know, when you were going. And, uh, yep. Wade's yeah, a pretty handy bull rider, too. Yeah, Wade seems like he oh, could just about could. ride anything. I know he couldn't ride, but with one hand, though, Trev. I'm going to tell you that. Yeah. He's great. <laughs> 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 so you know I, there's something interesting about you trev you you do quite a few things but you do some things with horses on your own right or i mean is this kind of a, a hobby or is this something you do as a trade but you you shoe horses right and then don't you do you train racing horses what do you do there um exercise race horses uh so my dad's a horseshoer and he owns some race horses and um so I, he always said I was going to end up a broke bull rider that uh, was shoeing horses and after he uh, done riding bulls. and uh, He ended up getting uh, having an accident, uh, got a nail in his eye one uh, fall, Damn. and um, then uh, he had a hip replacement one winter too. And so I helped him out uh, when he had all that done and, ended up learning to shoe horses in the process. And, um, so now that's my, my retirement plan when I'm done riding bulls is to <laughs> shoe horses. And, oh. uh, he, he's had race horses forever. And when I was, uh, I think 17, I started riding race horses at the track. And, um, so yeah, man, I mean, so, um, what I'm fixing to do here, if, these uh we don't have any rodeos to go to start riding racehorses again wow that was my question what are you gonna do are you facing me uh, yeah jump back in that are you facing get bent over and get to do some horseshoeing and some horse riding here pretty quick aren't you yeah 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 tell everybody where's where's london iowa at? where are you located in iowa uh it's about an hour straight west of des moines oh okay so the sydney way not the dave moorhead way Correct. I got you. I'll be at yep. Sydney this year. I'm excited about that rodeo, too. That's a good one. And, uh, oh, heck yeah. I always have a great time there. What an old traditional rodeo that is, too, isn't it? So much fun. And uh, Oh, for sure. What rodeo is that? Yeah. The Sydney rodeo, you said? Sydney, Iowa, yeah. Oh, wow. You ever... Uh, I heard on Cowboy Corner one day that uh, Jim Shoulder said his favorite two rodeos was Madison Square Garden in Sydney, Iowa. <laughs> well, that's you know, contrast. That. <laughs> yeah, Nevada. If you've never seen the Sydney Rodeo, if you ever, there was a documentary back in the seventies uh, before both of y'all young guys' time. Yeah, um, called <laughs> yeah. the Great American Cowboys, and a lot of that footage was there. It's old wood. You know, the panels are wood. They actually have a hospital right at the. A hospital door, they call it, and then they used to run a bull through there. Do you remember that, Trev? Hearing about that? 
you know, they'd kick that door up and then a bull would go running in there through the hospital and the guy used to come running out of it. It started back in the 60s, I guess, and it was just a tradition <laughs> then, but uh, one actually got in there. It's a rowdy town up on top of a mountain, and uh, they have a pretty good old town. I've been there a couple of years, so you get a chance and you're over that way, check that rodeo out. It's yeah, I actually, I got a lot of family in Iowa. My dad was born in Iowa. I had, uh, great place, oh, man. Hard-working folks yep. come from there. I mean, honestly, when I, I think of guys like when I think of Timmy O'Connell, when I think about waiting, and I, you know, we're just getting to meet Trevor here. Uh, those dudes are hardworking, man, and they're hardworking at their craft. And oh yeah, I can only imagine Trevor's the same thing. So I think that's a that's a tribute to their how good they are at what they do. You know, they have a great work ethic. I mean, you grow up in Iowa, you're going to either farm, chase cows around, you know, yeah, starve to death. But. Well, let, Tough kids. let's talk about something, you know, what what we talk about a lot on here in the NFR. You know, Trevor, you, you made an appearance. And, you know, as we know, you know, the, yeah, there's 120 contestants. But really, for each field, depending on if you're, you know, you're able to participate in other events, you, you know, you're fighting out of 15 people. So it's not easy to get this thing as we, you know, as the conversations keep piling up about this. But what was it like when you your first, you know, you're getting ready to ride, and what what was going through your head that first night, day one, around one, uh, back when you when you made the NFR? What what was going through your head? I mean, what were you feeling like? Um, I honestly, I was uh, pretty just excited. Um, you know, it was a dream come true, and sitting there behind the buck and shoots at Thomas and Mac. Uh, you know, the place is crap. Uh, seats are full and. Uh, you know, is everything that you worked for. So it was pretty cool. Um, I didn't have the best ten days, but uh, you know, just drive me to make it back there and redeem myself. So, dude, you made the NFR. It doesn't matter. Do you understand? I mean, not everybody yeah. can have success there, but you're an NFR. You know, you're an NFR bull rider. Yeah, you it got a back number. That's, That's for sure. I know it does help your banker, but. No, once you're there, yeah. you're you're it. I mean, you're the top fifteen best in the world, and I'll spend you with anybody anyway because I know you. But oh, that's not yes. Sir. Hey, I gotta ask you: when you were down there in that locker room, um, we always like to do this with the NFR guys and the world champs and stuff. What were some of the rookie things that the guys, you know, the other fourteen guys or or the other fifteen counting the clowns come over and bother you? Webster and them. What what was some of the initiation stuff that you dealt with there? I mean, what? Give us your um, honestly. I think we had the only year that nobody did any of that. Was so, it scared of y'all or what? <laughs> I, I have no idea. Uh, like I kept hearing these stories about you know getting your gear head from you and your gear bag dumped out and everything. <laughs> oh yeah. And, uh, like no one ever touched my gear bag. My stuff is good. Uh, I don't think anybody messed with anybody in the locker room. Uh, Boudreaux yeah. did um, lock himself in a uh, in a stall somehow. <laughs> um, oh yeah, he he pushed the door the wrong way and thought that we had locked him in. And oh my god, he crawled out the bottom, and yeah, I, I opened the door the correct way for him. And but that was about the only thing. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't leave him. <laughs> oh, I, I let him crawl out. He was under the door. Oh, I got you. <laughs> you know, we're bringing uh, Boudreaux on the show, and all I've heard is this dude's a character. He's a young character. 
he's a <laughs> he's a blast. He'll keep you entertained. Nice, sure. absolutely. He's the sort of the new Cody Whitney of. Uh, you know, when I was there in 2010, Cody Whitney was the and uh, Rostocki were the two. You know, they were the two jokers. Oh, yeah. They had to be careful. Hmm. And um, did they tell you also to stay out of the bareback riders? And they're crazy in there after the bareback riders. <laughs> you know, that's what I've heard. Hey, Trevor. I mean, look. I know that maybe it wasn't. It probably wasn't the best ten days of your life, right? I mean, you got to make the NFR, but I mean, do you are you using? at that moment or or not that moment, that time that you made it and everything leading up to the NFR. I mean, ever since then, are you looking to duplicate that year and how you did things? Or are you still doing the same things? Have you made adjustments? I mean, what are some things that you're working on to make, you know, to, to secure another spot at the NFR? What, I mean, since then, what are, what are some things that maybe you've done differently or you're trying to do that you weren't doing before? Is there anything that has changed? Oh, uh, other than I can ride left-handed now, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I treat everything the same as I did to get to the uh, that NFR. You know, I, um, keep the same mental attitude and go at every bull the same. And um, you know, making the NFR does give you a confidence that you know you know you belong at the top fifteen. So um, just uh, go to my rodeos and get my bulls good and get back there. Yeah, you know, you're gonna be fine. You win so much money. I love watching you ride. I love watching you. You know, every week when we're out on the road and stuff, you're. They know you're. They know you're a badass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, NFR. And adding, you know, left and right, man. That, that's that's something to be said going forward. That they're <laughs> as we get more. I guess I get we the strategies get a little bit more detailed, right? As we, you know, Trevor, we've talked to guys like uh, Sage on the show, um, Stetson. And all I hear is what I hear in other sports. You know, everyone's studying each other. They're watching videos. I mean, you're all getting better. You know, this bar just keeps rising. But when you think about top 15, we probably don't talk about this enough. But if you compare it to other sports, if let's just say, for instance, uh, power forwards in basketball. Well, you if you're in the top 15 of the entire NBA, you're pretty damn good. I mean, seriously, I you know, you're good just to make it to the NBA. But if you're in the top 15... You're a legitimate athlete. I mean, that, you're 15. This is you can count that right on your, your your hands and your toe. Well, not team ropers, but you, you know you can count on your hands and your toes. You know how many people you you consist of of that year, and that, this is some powerful stuff. You know, I don't do enough reflection on the NFR and what a top 15 means. So I could only imagine the work that you've been putting in since tasting the NFR to get back to that bad boy. What? What other thing? What other people like? What are you studying? Other people right now? Or are you doing other things that can enhance your game besides of just what what you did to get to set in back to the NFR in seventeen? Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm always watching guys that uh, they're really consistent and they're riding, and um, uh, you know, uh, watching their form uh, to see you know how they they got that consistent and uh, you know hanging around them and. Um, you know, paying attention to how they mentally prepare uh, to ride bulls, and uh, you can learn a lot from them guys too. And uh, and then just ask questions too. You know, never hurts to ask questions. So uh, we all got improvements to make. Um, so may as well. If you want to be the best, you got to make those improvements. So yeah. Are you- 
when you ride, are you trying for every ride? This is kind of something that when we talk about riding styles and I've learned about consistency with bull riding, like are, are there times that you're riding and you're like, you just, you jump out because it's, you know, it's just not worth the look or losing the points. You just rather just not get the points. I mean, do you do things where you just know it's not what you're looking to do and you bail out? I mean, does that happen when you're riding? Uh, with me, very seldom. Yeah. Uh, something's got to happen in there that um, whether I, I think I'd need a re-ride or something going on there, like a, a battery rack's about to happen or something. But um, I, 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 I try to ride them through about anything. Gotcha. Uh, I, yeah, I I never got in the habit of uh, of checking out and um, that uh, I saw growing up too many guys that they checked out all the time and it cost them uh, cost them a lot of money. Yeah. So I was always against that, but there is a time when you do need to check out, and um, I I do know when that is. So nice, <laughs> that's good. Well, yeah, that uh. That's interesting to me. That, I mean, that you take that far ahead of it. I, I got to ask you. I mean, and I like to do this with with the top guys like this. When you were growing up, who was your bull riding hero? I mean, who did you? I mean, of course, you know, we hear a lot of Jim Sharp because he rode perfect. You know, uh, Tough Hedeman made the comment on one of our shows that he was the most Jim Sharp was the most boring bull rider in the world I mean, until he left the rodeo and went to the bar. But that was another story. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, who who was your guy that, God, I want to ride like that guy? Um, I liked Chris Shivers a lot growing up. Mm. Uh, you know, he was a little right. guy like me and uh, rode a lot of bulls. And uh, So, yeah, I was, I was a big Chris Shivers fan growing up. And, um, uh, yeah, but that's, that's a good one. I, I've been with Chris for the last two weeks at these Bulls Bands Barrels deals that we're doing, and you know he's the host, guest host there. That guy looks like he could still get on. Well, he's, he's a little rounder, but he's only twenty five, right? I mean, I think he was like ten when he started riding for PBR back in the day. I think he was. Yeah, yeah, he was nine years old. He rode his big wheel to the rodeo. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny you bring him up, Trevor. You know, um, the episode that this uh, that you're on. You know, we talked to Leal's uh, championship bull riding. Uh, Brylan Bentley and myself, we interviewed, you know, the the, the folks over there, uh, all the Leals. And who's involved with them? Chris Shivers, you know, in the youth movement. Yeah. And it's uh, crazy when you connect that. So yeah. that's awesome, though, that you're looking up at Chris because, you know, as, as the Leals talk about, his give back to the bull riding business has been gigantic. Um, and really, they credit him like the, he would not, or they would not be in existence if it wasn't for Mr. Shivers. What, when you think about junior, uh, let's just go junior rodeo word. I mean, what were you, I guess? Yeah. Let's go back to 92. Yeah. You were eight. So when did you, you started riding then? What, where did you compete? Was it like little Brit? There wasn't really much of what, like what we have today. So how did you get your, your experience as a young kid riding? Um, there was, uh, when I first wanted to start riding calves, uh, there was a youth rodeo going on at the the county fair, and I said, oh, I want to ride a calf. And so dad took me, and he figured I'd hit the ground and never want to do it again. And um, <laughs> he was wrong. So uh, <laughs> oh we, uh, that youth rodeo, they uh, 
they kept putting on a couple of youth radios across Iowa, um, but they were based out of Pilot Mound, Iowa. And I went there, and I just kept getting on calves, and he'd want to buck uh, some calves out. And I just kept getting on them one after the other after the other. And um, after, the, after the rodeo that Saturday or Sunday or whatever, and so I just kept after it. And then I'd, I'd go to other youth rodeos after a couple of years, and we'd kind of figure out where to go. And um, uh, yeah, never did do little bridges or anything like that, yeah. but just a bunch of little youth rodeos. Like, how do you like when you look at the the kind of the landscape now? When you see, you know, we have our Junior World Finals. PRCA has got the Junior FR. Um, there's the uh, Junior Bowl, the PBR. They have their, I think it's called Junior Bowls. Um, I mean, man, organizations all over the country wrapping their arms around uh, the, the youth movement and rodeo. I mean, with yeah, it's insane. Uh, and I like it's really good for the kids too. You know, to get get out in places, big buildings, and um, then when those kids are uh, they go to their first NFR, you know, or PBR finals or wherever they end up, you know, right. uh, they're used to it. They they grew up going to stuff like uh, all the lights and everything, you know. So I think it's great. Well, and and two, I, I think it does that. I I, I agree. I think it. Uh, I think it acclimates them to winning lots of money because that was a pressure issue, you know. I mean, we've heard other guys say that too, you know. You remember Nevada with oh, yeah. Trevor and yeah, it's not cheap, man. The other Trevor, that other Trevor that only wrote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were, <laughs> you know, and, and it, it acclimates them to a chance to win twenty five or thirty thousand yep. dollars, so they're not freaked out when they nod their head for that amount of money, you know. Oh God, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and the, and the cost to do the business, right? You know, you, if if my kid all of a sudden wakes up tomorrow and is like, "Hey, I want to start playing lacrosse," all right, I think maybe we'll be out. I'm just making, I don't know, but maybe five, six hundred bucks for equipment. We're done. Uh, rodeo doesn't work yeah. like that. <laughs> no, no, uh, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a lot That's more a investment. Feed bills. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. It is. Yeah. So I, you know, it, hey. Go ahead, Rob. Um, well, before I forget about it, Trevor, who's some of the guys that, um, I mean, because I know you got your favorites to travel with and, and stuff like that. Who, who do you just, because I have certain people that I enjoy working with, you know, when I, of course I love coming because most of you guys are going to come hang out in the rig over here at least <laughs> once a week. But who do you just makes you happy as hell to get on an airplane knowing you're going to meet up with some of your favorite people? Who do you travel with and, and that, that kind of stuff that makes you, you feel like ride better or just makes you happy. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I, I like seeing everybody at the rodeos. Uh, I don't really have any favorites there. Um, but, uh, uh, couple guys I travel with, um, 2017, mm-hmm. I went with Kane Smith and oh, him yeah. and I get along, uh, really well. Uh, just kind of have the same kind of mindset towards things. And, um, uh, then, 18 i went with uh jimmy martin from iowa and yeah uh, we have a lot of fun um he's a really good guy uh and then uh last year i went with garrett wicket from nebraska and mm-hmm. um, you know he's a fun kid too so uh um you know any of those guys uh, i travel pretty good with uh we get along really well and 
I'm pretty you know, easy to get along with, though. So that I guarantee you, I know you are. You know, it's so funny <laughs> to, to hear the guys that, that were like, with who you travel with. People don't realize that may not go every week. It is so important to be with somebody either positive because you're not going to win every week. You're not going to win every rodeo. Yep. Those guys that don't allow you to get down, you know, and, and say, hey, push pause, Trevor. We'll catch the next one. We've all been 62 with no option, or we've all got one jumped, or, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and to me, I've seen more guys get killed off in this sport, not physically, but just mentally by having a bad traveling partner or somebody that, well, you shouldn't have won, I should have won, or stuff like that. And I've always noticed the, the, the toughs, what I call the toughs, you guys, don't allow that in your trucks at all. And tell us a little bit, I mean, how do you stay so pumped up when you have a run of three or four, you know, rodeos? I'm not going to say that you guys may go three weeks. You might sometimes, but, you know, how, how do y'all stay up? Um, you know, uh, I – uh, I've practiced having a positive attitude for a long time, but, um, you know, sometimes, uh, my reset button's just going and getting a workout in and, you know, you can't let one bull or one bad go ruin your whole week. And so you just got to take it to the next one. And if I'm pretty upset about it, then I'll just go work out and work my frustrations out there and, uh, hop in the truck and keep on rolling. And so, Oh, I got you. Yeah, that's <laughs> what. So your that's your your pause button is your workout routine. Yeah, that's go why sweat I'm it out. Always happy about it because I don't work out. Have you noticed that? Yeah, hey man, I run. I <laughs> I I I I hear you, Trevor. I mean, get moving. Whenever you move and you sweat and you you just kind of like your mind's focused to your body and what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, that's a great mm-hmm. kind of. Um, mellow outer i guess if you will because it just you become one with yourself i mean exercise is key man i mean it has to be a lot of people still living it, it is you know they're moving and grooving it, it is and it's just, it's really no different it's no different what you do or what i do even yeah. if, like clowning my getaway time when i'm having like we all have bad person i play guitar i get in here and just yep. shut everything down turn on a jam track and just play to my fingers bleed i mean uh. and Unless you do this all the time, you have to get away from it a little bit, don't you? What else do you like to do? Obviously, I know you enjoy shoeing the horses. Not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if uh, I mean, what 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 do you like to do to just get away from the rodeo? Just a few minutes, you know, and, and just besides what oh, everybody says. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> just. Uh, See what's going on in town, you know, hang out with your uh, your friends or something. If you got a day off, then you can go find something to do. And, um, like, go to a lake somewhere or go yeah. see a movie, you know, something. Exactly. That's what I'm fixing to do here for the next three weeks. I'm going to go crappy fishing every day. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds pretty fun. I'm kind of jealous of that. Well, it, get over here. I'm in Alabama. I'm better kick my branch. Come on. Think about what this this uh think about what this virus is doing, right? Like it's it's forcing us in doing things that probably we should be doing, right? Like when you think about the sanitized world and you know just clean, just being clean yeah. at times. But that's interesting. But then the, this next part, this this kind of like, hey, don't be in closed doors with so many people, et cetera, et cetera, whatever that is. But then they encourage you to get outside, right? Like, like right now, my 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 family's at home. You know, they're they're all quarantine, you know, quarantine schools locked down. They're enjoying themselves, you know, and they're getting out and they're they're outside. They're on the backyard 
and just doing doing things outside. And yeah, you're right, Robbie. I mean, fishing, hunting. Oh man, there's so much to do outdoors. You got to keep your mind busy. I agree. I mean, I, I think this whole deal has let us kind of get back to being a families and get you know. I mean, I'm sure everybody's on cell phones and computers, but there's going to be a time when we got to get back outside, yeah. and hunt, run through the woods like we used to do when we were 11. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm all for that positive side of it. You know, it's we're gonna cowboys tend a lot of times to make you know turn triumphs from tragedy, and yeah. I think we do. No, I agree, man. That's what I've learned being around the rodeo business. I mean, you know, talking to Trevor. Oh, yeah. Sorry, we got- but even the positive side, right? I This is like, I remember last year, um, maybe it was two years ago, but Dale Brisby, you know, Trevor, we work with him a lot on a marketing level and social media and stuff like that for the NFR. And he does these, these, um, these little two minute, three minute pieces um, wrapped around the road to the NFR, right? And there's just interviews and a video vlog, right? From him. Well, one time he was talking to, I don't know, some young guy. He was a bull rider and his summer was terrible. Like this guy had not won any money, didn't place anything. And this is just the mindset of the cowboy. And then, but it was the last question that Dale asked me. He's like, so he rattles off all this stuff that he's not doing well in. Right. But Dale's like, but how are you feeling? He's like, but I feel really good. I think I'm gonna get the next one, you know? And it was just hearing him talk. Like it, it doesn't matter what happened yesterday. He's got today and he's got tomorrow. And he's going to work on that. And that's, I don't know, I just kind of the testament that I've learned of the Cowboy, man. I mean, just, you guys get after it. You make things happen. Uh, you know, mind you turn, of a champion, man. Yeah. The mind of a champion. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, nothing you can do about yesterday, but you can work on today and do better tomorrow. So. Yeah. No, that's, I learned that a lot. We're going to get a lot of yesterdays. <laughs> yeah, we are. You know, in the next little bit. I just, uh, yeah. No, we are. It's, I, I hope you're okay. I hope all my friends out there are okay. You know, I mean, that's that's the main thing. You know, here's something we haven't thought about this is, you know, we're all shut down and we're this. Has anybody thought about what if one of us gets this? You know what I mean? And, it, you know, I've been sitting here thinking myself, and I'm sure every one of us have went through this. You know, it's inconvenient as hell to be sitting here not doing anything, but there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And – God forbid one of us get this and be sick, you know, Yeah. and, you know, and my, my attitude's changed in the last week because, you know, I'm figuring out hell is hot, <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause yes, uh, you know, and, yeah. and I'll be the first one to admit when it first went, Oh, this is this and this is that, but it's, it's real people. This yeah. is, you don't shut down the greatest country in the world for, for a myth. <laughs> yeah, real. <laughs> yeah, that was a big reality. Go, I bet ride down the strip right now in your hometown there, Nevada. <laughs> yeah, no, it's you know it's it, and we're gonna have to adapt, right? And we're gonna. I'd tell you this: I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna learn like I always have in life. But this being attached to the rodeo industry, you know, I'm very interested to see how you know the cowboys adapt and what we do going forward. Um, I, I, I'd be the more positive one to say that I look forward to it. I, I agree, and I and I told somebody yesterday, and Trevor, I bet you're saying the same thing right now with that old bag sitting over in that corner right now, and my clown bar, I'm sitting here stand, staring at it. I will never bitch about going to a guy's little bitty rodeo somewhere and how miserable I am. I will be the happiest clown you have ever seen in your yeah. life when you see me. Oh, there. I hear you there. I, was, I bet uh, you'll go to I any mean, rodeo, won't you? You know? I was in, in, in Council Bluffs, Iowa, and that's uh, 2,000, 2,500 added. 
And they yeah. said that, and I was all sorts of upset about it. I was like, yeah. I know. Normally, I wouldn't I, be, I, but I, I was like, wait. I need to make some money. I need to rodeo. <laughs> this is, I, I'm not supposed to be home right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, not in the month of March. <laughs> well, you know what? But on a good note, you're going to get to see some great action because everybody's going to be hungry. Yeah, they are. Oh, yeah. Rodeos, watch about May 1st when they say, all right, boys. Let's fire them all back up and go. You're going to see some of the best damn rodeo and the funniest clowns, best acts. Everybody's rebuilding acts, you know. Well, Robbie. People are using this time to get better. Absolutely. Think about this, too, Robbie. I mean, you've been a part of it. I, Trevor, you're probably a bit young, maybe. But, you know, after September 11th, anytime something like this happens with our country that's major, that just cream, brings us down to our knees, right, to where we got to pray. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got to pray. They didn't think they had to pray, right? That's kind of what happens. Um yeah. On this other end of it, it's what you see how America is why America is so great and it's how you it's how we do things uh to kind of rebound and I I think a September 11th is one. You know, that recession was crazy. Oh, absolutely. But um, you know, here we are again. And yeah, you're right, Robbie. I think the appre- I think the word appreciation is going to be huge for everybody involved, not just a contestant. I right? think this was a big old wake up call. You know, all we've done is fought and had opinions. I'm I'm as guilty as anybody. Yeah. And I guarantee you, every one of us, you get set in your ways. Mm-hmm. I'm not watching this guy. I don't care about this guy. Whoever. Yeah. I think right now we're Americans. Yeah. You know, and we're getting a dose of holy hell, this is bad. You know, and yeah. and hopefully not going to destroy us, but it's just going to make us, well, it won't, because we're uh, Makes us stronger, man. I can feel it already. Yeah. I, no, I, I think I everyone will just come together on it. And, um, like, uh, like you said, after all those events or after the Vegas shooting, you yeah. know, everybody came together for it. So, uh, yeah. Humans are resilient, man. Made, made us stronger, so. And we're resilient. Yeah. We're going to we ain't come through so many trials and tribulations in the human race, man, just to let this happen like this. You know, I don't, I don't see that happening. So, oh yeah, I'm not going out. I know. Yeah. Virus. Yeah. Well, well, hey, Trevor. It's so good to talk to somebody positive. Yeah. Yeah. Trevor, you're my friend and I hope for the best for you. And I hope for everybody, but you've been my friend and I want you to, I won't, I'm ready to come. I'm ready to see you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's been day yeah, exactly. four of the lockdown, and I'm ready like hell to see all my friends. We need to get that. We need yeah. to get everybody uh, better and healthy, and we need to get back to where you guys are back in your element. You know, uh, love having you on the podcast, but there ain't no podcast. There ain't no rodeo. That's important. That's right. Yeah, you. Uh, uh, but as soon as we do, buddy, we're gonna kick the old kegerator back up, and we're gonna go back to having a good time, and it's gonna pass. Yeah. We'll be there. I, I wish you the best this year when we get back going. Um, oh, thanks, Robbie. We're gonna see you. We're gonna see you at a lot of NFRs, and that that silliness that you were worried about from last year. Oh, I didn't do good. That's 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 all gone, man. Yeah, you're, you're gonna kill them. Well, I'm ready. Yes, sir. That's my game plan. Sweet. Well, Trevor, hey man, thanks for coming on this show. Um, oh, thanks for having me. We appreciate this, man. And yeah, man, not but love for you. Keep your head up, and uh, hey, man, I I have a feeling you'll be shooing some horses for a little while here, um, doing some things you yeah. probably you know. But it, hey, man, it, it, what a better time to kind of get your mind right and think about what you can do, and um, you know, just take yeah, take advantage of that. It got me where I'm at, so it's just going back to the basics. All right. Well, hey, man, right. uh, be safe Thank out there, so be much. healthy, and uh, we'll we'll get you back on the show at the end of this year and see where everything kind of where we're at. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, yes, I want to get him back on here. Yeah. I do. I want to see his progression. I think it'll be worth it. Enjoy your day, Trevor. Stay healthy, man. Yep. All right, yes, sir. You too. All right, man. Bye. Bye-bye. Howdy, I'm Bob Tolman, and this is NFR Extra. That's it for NFR Extra, episode 46, and a big thank you to four-time Wrangler NFR qualifier bell racer Stevie Hillman and Wrangler NFR qualifier bull rider Trevor Rice. Up next on NFR Extra, episode 47, two-time world champion pro rodeo hall of famer Jack Roddy and seven-time Wrangler NFR bullfighter, Cody Webster. For more information regarding the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo, visit nfrexperience.com and follow Las Vegas NFR on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. NFR Extra. All dirt. All rodeo. All year. Gotta make it out to Vegas Where the big boys roam and the racers and the bulls and the browns and the ladies in the skin-tight ringers and the cowboy hats.